All right, so uh, I've asked a, a helper uh, named Zeke to help me out here, and uh, and, and we're going to just uh, think a little bit about a, a picture uh, or a scenario. And, and for that, I, I've spent some time building uh, the, this brilliant structure, uh, this this brilliant um, kingdom, if you will. Uh, and and this is kind of what we do. Uh, we we sometimes uh, you know kind of you could kind of imagine we have a table of our own, and we're busy working through life to build our own little kingdom and our own little structure. So, Zeke, go ahead and come on over, uh, because sometimes what happens is um, somebody bumps the table, and when they bump the table, we have some different reactions. Oh, I can't believe you bumped my table. Why would you do that? And we get really sad and frustrated, so back up a little bit. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, we get over that sadness, and we then... Uh, get to work and we start trying to rebuild um, that structure and we're trying to build it, you know, better than it was before, um, uh, better than anybody's ever seen before. But uh, inevitably, somebody comes along and bumps that table again, even as we're building and, oops, and they bump that table. Oh, oh, and then, yeah, there we go. Good. And then we get mad. Right, we get mad and we start to point fingers at that person and maybe we even start to call them names because we've spent a lot of time trying to build our kingdom and build this perfect structure on our little table. And so this thing happens where we start to get mad and maybe we even throw things at that person uh, because we're so frustrated that, that everything that we're building gets knocked over all the time. And then eventually we get over it. And, and of course, what we do then is we start to, we start to build another structure. And, uh, and this time, right, because we learn, right, we, we start to learn how these things work. And so we, uh, we're, we're building another structure. And this time, when we see somebody coming, we try to get out in front of the table and we play defense. And we, we try to keep them away from the table as much as we can because we don't want that structure to get knocked over again. And we're going to stop playing the game now because he's going to knock it over again and ruin my illustration. So uh, this is kind of what happens in life. Uh, as I was wrestling with this yesterday, I was thinking, man, this is what I do, right? I, I, I'm assuming I'm not the only one. I, I've got my little table, and I, I work hard to build my kingdom, and I work hard to build my structure as best as I can. And inevitably, it ends up getting knocked over by someone or something. And we just have that reaction, right, where we are sad or, or, or we get mad, and, and, and then we start to try to play defense in front of the table. So look, if we move this to kind of the, the political arena, it's, it's the same thing, but just a little bit different. Uh, the only thing uh, really to add here is, is that we've got this table over here, and somebody else is sort of casting a vision for the kingdom, the structure that they're going to build. And then you could imagine we have another table over there, and, uh, and over there somebody else is building a different structure and a different type of kingdom. And, and the way that it works in our country, right, is we get to cast a vote. We get to say, oh, this is the kingdom and the structure that I prefer. So we're, we're looking at both kingdoms and structures, and then we cast our vote, and we go and we stand next to the table that we most desire, the structure that we think is going to be absolute best. Inevitably, two things happen. Um, the structure in the kingdom isn't as good as we thought it would be. And inevitably, somebody or something comes along and knocks that kingdom down. 
And, and so then we start to feel sadness and, and maybe frustration and, and maybe even a little bit of depression that, that our kingdom and, and, and our structure that we prefer just didn't last. But it's okay. We've got another vote, right? So uh, there's going to be another election. So we can take a step back and we can look at the two structures and the two kingdoms and, and then we can cast our vote again. And inevitably, two things are going to happen. The kingdom and the structure that we prefer isn't going to be as good as we want it to be. And somebody and something's going to come around and, and knock it over. And then, of course, the reaction, right, is we start to get mad. <laughs> we start to get mad that, that somebody or something uh, tears down the structure that we prefer. And maybe we start to point fingers and maybe we start to, uh, you know, uh, uh, throw things at people, uh, either words or actual things sometimes. And, uh, and, and, and then we get over it and we realize, okay, there's going to be another election. I've got another chance to make a difference with my vote. And we look back at the <coughs> two structures, the kingdoms that we desire, and we cast our vote again. We go and we stand next to the table that we prefer. But, but this time, because we have learned, <laughs> we start to play defense. And, and what we start to do is we start to, we start to point out how stupid and bad that other kingdom is, how worthless that kingdom is going to be, and how this kingdom that I'm standing next to is going to be the best. It's going to be the difference maker. And, and we start playing defense and, and, and trying to fend people off from anything that might tear down this kingdom and this structure that we prefer. I want you to just keep, kind of keep that image and that scenario in mind as we move into Daniel chapter 7. Uh, Daniel chapter 7 is, is such, a, such an interesting chapter. And, uh, and what happens is we get this different image and this different structure, this different scenario really that, that, that plays out. So, so I want to just read the first verse again and then, and then begin to talk about it. It reads like this. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Um, so, so you kind of get the sense here that what is happening is um, Daniel lays down to sleep at night and you kind of get the impression he doesn't really know what's happening. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a vision. It's something that he experiences. It's something that he, you know, dreams. It, 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 he doesn't really know. It's, it's, it's so real and yet it's maybe a dream. It, it doesn't really matter. He, write, he wakes up and he writes it down, and there's, there's two terrifying things happening in this vision, in this dream that he has. Um, the, the first terrifying thing, of course, is these beasts. Uh, beasts in the Bible are never a good thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know that beasts anywhere are really a good thing. Uh, the two main places where we see beasts are right here and then again in the book of Revelation. Uh, but uh, beasts in the Bible are never a good thing. They're like these animal-like creatures that are animal-like but different than animals. So you get the lion with eagle wings and the big bear that has three ribs hanging out of its mouth. And you get the, the leopard with four wings and four heads. And, and you get this beast that is almost too terrifying to even describe is the kind of feeling that you get. Uh, as the fourth beast. And, and so these beasts, right, are, are all of a sudden in this dream and in this vision that he is having. The other terrifying thing uh, that we see here is um, the sea. Uh, in the Bible, the sea is a place of chaos. It's a place of unpredictability. It's a place of craziness. And so uh, if you're a fisherman, you might not like the seas or the oceans in the Bible because it's just something that people stay away from. They, they just don't, don't want anything to do with the sea because you never know what's going to happen there. 
And so in this dream, you can just see what's happening. Daniel sees two terrifying things. There's these four beasts that are coming out of the sea, and they're, they're rising up, and they're doing horribly destructive things. Now, later on, this is verse 17, we, we find out what's happening. Uh, we're actually told in the, the vision, the dream is interpreted for us. It says that these four great beasts are the four kings who will rise up in power, who will rise up in power. See what God is doing? He's making a prediction. He's saying, look, these kings and these kingdoms are going to rise up in power. And so now we have the, the, the benefit of hindsight so we can look backwards and we can say, oh, yeah, that beast is that king and that kingdom. So, uh, for instance, the first beast, right, the lion with eagle wings, uh, we would say almost universally that that's probably the king and, and the kingdom of Babylon. Uh, that's where Daniel is as he is writing this whole story. It's around 600 B.C. Uh, that Daniel has this vision, and he's in Babylon, and Babylon is the world power. They are the greatest structure that the world has ever known. They have consumed the world. The second beast is the big giant bear with ribs hanging out of his mouth. Uh, we would look back and say, that's, that's likely the king in the kingdom of Medo-Persia, the, the kingdom of Persia. Persia rises to power in 539 B.C., that's about 60 years, right, after, uh, after Daniel uh, writes his story and has his dream and his vision. Um, he's living in what he thinks is the greatest structure and, and the strongest structure that could ever be. He, he can't imagine a kingdom that would rise up and be more powerful than Babylon, but that's what's happening in the dream and the vision. Uh, and then we get this third beast. It's the leopard with four wings and four heads. That's likely the, the, the kingdom of Greece. We're talking about Alexander the Great himself. That's around 480 B.C., uh, over 100 years after Daniel writes, um, uh, God is predicting that this kingdom, this world power known as Greece, would, would conquer the world, consume the world. The last one, as we look back, is, is likely the beast that's, that's too terrifying to even describe, and it's the, the, the empire of Rome itself. And, and the empire of Rome rises to power in, in right around 59 B.C. That, that's 550 years after Daniel writes his, uh, writes his vision, his dream down. And just see what God is doing. He is predicting that this world power that is so incredible and so huge is going to rise up in power and do these incredibly destructive things. Daniel can't even begin to imagine what these things are going to do. And so just see this. Um, each kingdom is going to get knocked over. Each kingdom is going to fall. So, so God is predicting that uh, these kingdoms and these kings are going to rise up in power and then get knocked over and get destroyed. We, we see that in verse 11 where the, the fourth beast, and, and by extension all the other beasts before it, are killed and the body is destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. <laughs> uh, each king and each kingdom gets knocked over. Of course, there's a fifth kingdom in this story, which we need to point out. It's the kingdom of the Son of Man, which we know, looking back, is the kingdom of Jesus, the divine Son of Man. And it says that Jesus is given. He doesn't take it for himself. He is given dominion and glory and a kingdom. He somehow earns it. 
And, 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 uh, and it says that all people will serve this divine son of man, this Jesus. And it says that his dominion, right? Dominion means rule and reign. It, it says that his dominion will be an everlasting dominion. It will never pass away. And that his kingdom is not one. It will never be destroyed. The kingdom of the son of man. Now, I love Daniel's reaction here. Uh, Daniel's reaction is so helpful. If you go to the way end of the chapter, uh, in, in, at the end of chapter 7, uh, Daniel says this. Actually, uh, I think it's just in verse 15. Daniel says, my thoughts were greatly alarmed and my color changed. <laughs> in other words, uh, he's very uncomfortable with all this turnover. He's very uncomfortable with the thought of, of his kingdom of, of Babylon that he's living in and kind of comfortable in is going to get knocked over and destroyed. Uh, he's very uncomfortable with how horrible these beasts are and the, and the horrible things that they're doing in the world. I love Daniel's reaction. The, his thoughts are greatly alarmed and his color is changed because if I'm honest, that's often my response when somebody bumps my table and my kingdom gets knocked over. That's often my response um, when I see horrifying and terrible things in the world. Uh, COVID-19 hits and my thoughts are greatly alarmed and my color is changed. Uh, we see systemic racism and we understand that that's actually something that needs to be dealt with in this country. And our, our thoughts are greatly alarmed and our color is changed. We see people talking about defunding the police, and, and uh, you know, these are people that actually care and want to make a difference in our lives and want to be helpful. And, and we hear talk about that, and, and man, our thoughts are greatly alarmed, and our color has changed. Uh, we, we, we hear about my candidate losing. We hear about my candidate being attacked or my, my, my favorite you know, issue being attacked and my thoughts are greatly alarmed and my color is changed. Uh, we, we hear that people are protesting that and our thoughts are greatly alarmed and our color has changed. I'm really thankful for Daniel's reaction because it kind of gives us some space to have that similar reaction. Uh, it gives us some space to, to grieve and to mourn to be sad, even to be upset and frustrated when our kingdoms get knocked over, when our preferred things get knocked over, um, when we see these horrible things rising up in power in the world. But, but I also think it's really important for us to hear and to not stay on Daniel 7 type of reaction. Um, I, I want us to hear that the freedom that, that Daniel's thoughts are greatly alarmed and his color has changed. And so we might have that reaction and that's okay. But, but it's massively important for us to, to not stay there. And here's why. <laughs> um, that divine son of man, he's come. And that divine son of man has earned his kingdom and his reign and his rule through his suffering through his death on the cross, and through his resurrection from the dead. And that divine Son of Man now seats, uh, sits in heaven at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and he is in charge of all things. And so while we might have that initial reaction of, of, that Daniel has in chapter 7, we don't want to stay on that reaction because we live in a much different reality than Daniel ever lived in. Thanks be to God.
Um, I, I, want to, I just want to direct our eyes and our hearts to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. This is a great verse. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. It says this, Therefore, let us be grateful. How's that for a change, right? I mean, we're talking about being angry, right? That our kingdom gets knocked over. We're talking about mourning. We're talking about being sad. And here, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken and offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and with awe. Do, do you see what's happening there? Um, the, the writer to, to the Hebrews is saying, we've been, we've been given an unshakable kingdom, an unshakable kingdom, a, a, a kingdom and a structure that is so great it will last forever. It will never pass away. It will never be destroyed. It will never be knocked over. And we receive it. It's given as a gift. It is a beautiful language, the way that Scripture speaks, not just here in the book of Hebrews. I want you to see this. Even back in Daniel chapter 7, it says this. Uh, it says this. The saints, this is verse 18, Daniel 7 verse 18. The saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. Do you see what happened? The divine son of man won the kingdom. He earned the kingdom, and then he gives it to the saints of the Most High, to disciples just like you and me, and we receive it, and we possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. We receive the kingdom that Jesus wins, and it's an unshakable kingdom. It's given to us as disciples, as a gift. And our response, there's two responses here in Hebrews 12. One response, and these are very different than the Daniel 7 reaction. One response is gratefulness. Oh, it's so important that we just take that step back, not to look at earthly kingdoms, not to look at earthly kings. It's so important that we take a step back and, and we remember the kingdom that Jesus has built through his own precious blood and through his resurrection from the dead. It's so important that we do that so we can be grateful. So, so we can rejoice at who he is and what he has done and what he is doing in the world. The second response is, uh, is that word worship. And the word worship here in, uh, in Hebrews 12, 28 uh, actually means to serve. It means to serve Jesus, uh, which means that you come to him and you let him be your leader and your guide. You come with open hands and you say, hey, Jesus, what do you desire for me to do today? How, how do you want me to follow you? How do you want me to be changed by you? What mission do you have for me today? We worship, we serve through our hands, through our feet, through our praises. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot, that will not, that is never shaken, and offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and with awe. Amen. Let's, uh, let's say a prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, we, uh, we, we thank you so much for what you earned. You earned it. Um, you suffered and you died, and you rose again so that we might receive a precious and incredible gift from you. And so we just say thank you for what you have earned and for what you have shared with us. Uh, would you keep lifting our eyes towards you? There are so many things that knock over our tables, uh, so many horribly destructive things that rise up in power and, and make us nervous and un uncomfortable. 
And, and so we just, we just ask, will you keep lifting our eyes towards you? Will, will you show us that kindness and that grace? Uh, lift our eyes towards you so we have something to be grateful for uh, and so that we can continue to worship and to serve you and you alone. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.